Good evening, everybody. Welcome to or welcome back to Open This in 10 Years. And to everybody that I see in the hallway in the morning and dance, good morning, Miha. Whatever time you're listening to this, good morning, good evening, Miha. Good morning, good evening, and good night. Whatever the like thing is that they say in Daniel Tiger. I want to let everybody know that I'm doing something so crazy and so different right now. So crazy. So different. So new. So rude. <laughs> I filmed, it's actually not crazy at all, fun fact. I filmed this, or I recorded this, last week. I recorded like an hour and a half long episode. And I woke up today, or I woke up Thursday, and I was like, I am not, I, (laughs) it's an hour and a half long. I do not feel like listening (laughs) to all of it over again. But I did, I listened to all of it, I edited it and I took out all my ums I I did everything that I do before every episode and then and then I realized I was like oh wait I'm gonna see a show uh, oh because this episode and that episode was all about dance and art spoiler alert trigger warning trigger warning I'm an art major and all of that's gonna come through well it's my podcast I get to do whatever I want and I was like wait I'm gonna see a show on Friday so let me just you know let me wait and see and I'll give I'll maybe I'll like delete one half add in some of that and you know like whoops I'm not gonna post on time and then I woke up this morning like oh you know what maybe I could break it into two parts and and I'm like no I have so much to say that I'm just gonna have to record a whole new episode so I've never done that before I've never like had to like just completely scrap something and start all over again um but here I am so wait let's get into the intro music now that we have a whole new episode Good evening, everybody, live from New York. It's Open This in 10 Years. Ah, Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is a special episode because it's just me. It is just little moi. It's just like how it used to be. I loved having guest after guest after guest, and we kind of have a little cameo guest today because I'm throwing a little voice memo that I recorded on the train Friday night. And that would be with Sherry, Aaron, and Sarah, and Abby Garcia. It has been a crazy two and a half weeks. We had the Olympics, the star of the show of university, aka Halloween. Halloween has passed. Jump forward, spring fall back or whatever has happened. I woke up at, I woke up before noon today because of spring forward. Hey, I obviously meant fall back because it's not spring and I'm not stupid, I swear. For Halloween, I was the Roman Empire and a flapper. And I'm really exciting, you know, all fun things, all fall things. And now that means it's time to uh, jump into Dance Adelphi. And that means that means the end of the semester is approaching. And that's really why I kind of scrapped the last episode because... I recorded it and I was so drained and I was like, oh, good evening and welcome to me, welcome back to you guys. Let me tell you all the depressing facts of like being a student. Because it's October and I was being real for a minute, but I think I was being too real. I think I was being too real. Like listening to it back, I'm like, this is depressing. People don't want to start their day off listening to this. People don't want to end their day listening to this. I am sounding so Debbie Downer. Like, granted, yes... 
that episode was just a therapy episode for me where I'm talking about like, oh my God, this is how I used to start my mornings. This is how I've been starting my mornings. Like I, it was awful. It was awful. What was I thinking? (laughs) But now that we're here, now that we're approaching the end of the semester, not even the end, it's, we haven't even gotten to Thanksgiving, but I know the, at least for me, the build up to get to Thanksgiving, you have to get through Dance Adelphi. You got to get through tech week. You got to get through, you know, midterms, all of that. Like I am just barely coming over the hump of midterms. I can breathe for two minutes and now that means I have more shit to do. Here we go, you know, and that's a lot. It's just, it's being a student. It's just being a student that's like, fuck. It never fucking ends. (laughs) It's never gonna end and time is always passing and someone plays Scott Street by Phoebe Bridgers. Thank you. But speaking of midterms, breaking down into art this week, I had a midterm solo for my dance composition class and our assignment is to like basically make a solo, but it's inspired by a piece of work. And I went on and on and on about a bunch of dances in the last one because because I had to. I guess that was what was really heavy and prevalent on my mind. And it still is. And and it's because it's heavy on my heart. It's heavy on my mind because in the midst of being overwhelmed and like, oh, I have assignments building up, I am at least very like, oh, well, at least I'm 20 and I live in New York and I get to dance and I get to do all of this. I'm, you know, I hope I don't sound ungrateful. I'm just... As soon as I see myself kind of getting jaded by things, I try to look at my wall. You know, that's why it's there. I look at my wall above my head and I'm like, oh, this is why I'm here. This is why I'm supposed to be stressed out. I, even though, yes, I'm valid and I can feel overwhelmed sometimes, I try to bring myself down to earth and be like, it could be so much worse. You could be living at home. <laughs> And that's when I get my ass up and start doing work. So my midterm solo, I chose to do it inspired by Annabella Choa's piece, or I, yeah, Annabella Choa's piece. It was called Still Life and it was performed by Ballet X. And I love Annabella Choa because, oh, derail. Annabella Choa was one of the choreographers for Ballet Hispanico and I love Ballet Hispanico. I attended their summer intensive this past summer and I had the time of my life. I think in a very humble way to say like I think it it shaped me a lot. I think I grew a lot from it. I feel you know very prepared and like ready for it. I really enjoyed it. But Annabella Ochoa set Tiburones on Ballet Hispanico and that was the first piece that I ever saw by them. I know. <laughs> I've been in a freaking bubble. I saw them in Dallas 2021 and I like got to talk with one of the dancers afterwards and I remember being like, hey, like I that was probably one of my favorite favorite pieces of the show. Tiburones was so, so good. I loved it. You guys were amazing. I won't take too much of your time though. You guys have a great night. You know, I know how tired and like busy you guys, you know, probably feel after a show. So, you know, go get some rest and thank you for like even giving me the time of day. And they were so sweet. He was literally like, oh no, it's fine. Like I have time to chat. Like, yeah, I'm tired, but like tomorrow we're going to Oklahoma and we're doing this again. And like, you know, it's really fun. And then they told me, they're like, oh dude, like you go to Adelphi, like come and take class with us. Like, you know, Eduardo Villario, he literally graduated from Adelphi. Like you should come and like do more of this. And that changed the trajectory of my life because I was a freshman. And at the time, I obviously was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do with dance. 
senior year, I think I really want to do like, I want to be a choreographer and I want to freelance and I want to choreograph. Switch, switch that, change that fucking idea. I want to be part of a company, man. Tell me what to do, when, where, I'll do it. I will stand on my head for 10 minutes if you need me to, okay? Put some of this fucking energy to use. I am a distraction to others. I am nothing but a distraction to others at my core, and that's what I should at least profit off of. If you can put me on stage to distract people, I'll do it. And I will do it with a smile on my face. So my midterm... (laughs) So my midterm, I chose her piece because, you know, that whole backstory, I wrote my paper on, or not wrote my paper, I filmed my Flipgrid. Flipgrid for my sister listening, she's probably like, what the fuck is that? It's like a website that we have to like, instead of writing, we just speak. And so she wants us like to have recorded videos of us speaking our brainstorm, which in theory sounds like, oh, that's probably so much easier. No. No, <laughs> let me just write it down and fucking hand it to you. <laughs> I told her all of like, you know, the the lore to the midterm and all of that. And then I performed it and I chose, because Annabella Ochoa chose, it's called Still Life. And she did it about, God, a couple Michelangelo pieces, like paintings. And I forgot which one she did. Whoops. And I did mine on a sculpture that Michelangelo did called Crouching Boy because I saw a TikTok of a bunch of like sculptures from, you know, in the Renaissance period. Because, you know, I'm the Roman Empire, duh, you know. And I was like, God, that's so crazy how they created... Men used to make marble look like silk. Men used to make marble look like silk. And now they ask WID. (laughs) They used to do shit like that and chop wood and go to war. Why did they change? What happened to men that they don't go to war and make silk and make sculptures out of marble of naked women anymore? What happened? So I chose the sculpture Crouching Boy because that's just how I felt at the time. Okay, in all the madness of midtermness, I just wanted to emulate the hurt and pain and like embodying these physical emotions into my dance where it's literally just crouching and your chest is concaved and it just looks like you took a deep breath and like when you're sighing and you're painful and you know heart artist and all of that and I'm an artist at my core and that's what I did and guess what my teacher ate it up she loved it she loved that I had a why to everything that I did And as an artist, I think that's very important to always have a why to what you do. Clint, if you're listening, I know we give a lot of these shout outs to my older sister, but let's pass this one to Clint. Okay, let's have him have this one moment. White man of the month, it can be Clint. He has a tattoo, my brother-in-law is Clint, and he has a tattoo that says, know your why. So anytime I'm making a dance or anytime I'm doing anything, I'm thinking about that, you know? What is the why behind this? What is the why behind going to the floor? What is the why behind turning? What is the why behind making this shape in a dance, you know? And we have like a discussion. It's like a Socratic seminar right after dancing. And they're like, okay, what was your, what what was the color? What did this color represent? What did you do for this? Like, why did you choose this song? Why did you choose this piece? And as I'm explaining it to everybody, everyone's like, huh, interesting. Oh, because in the original choreography, they had like an apple on stage because Annabelle Ochoa said, I enjoy still life paintings, but not the kind of fruit because that's boring. I love the still life of people. I love to watch that. 
And so they had an apple on stage and they were like tossing it. So in my dance, I had, <laughs> I just had an imaginary apple. Okay. <laughs> use your, use your fucking imagination. Okay. Audience. And I was like sculpting it in my hand and I'm looking at it and I'm tossing the apple across the stage. I'm catching it, you know, cause what easier way? I told my teacher I was originally thinking of having a prop, but it's okay if I don't. And she was like, yeah, I recommend maybe not using a prop. And, and now I'm like, okay, perfect. I don't have to worry about, you know, actually catching a ball. Cause why the fuck would I ever do that? I have not rehearsals for myself, but like just anytime that I was like, oh shit, I should probably remember what I made. And then I did. That kind of started the first, I guess really this couple weeks, a month or so that really after finishing my midterm solo and having this gratuity and like expressing all of dancing and why and you know having a good love for it then it just spills out into the rest of the week because as we're approaching show week we're finishing up midterm season now it's time to get into dance adelphi season and dance adelphi is my school's like showcase of our of our dances and we bring in guest choreographers and you know the teachers do choreography and in a couple weeks before we perform, we have a studio showing. <sighs> and studio showing is such a fun day. It, oh, okay. It can be a lot because a lot of, obviously people are in like in multiple pieces and they're like, well, fuck, this is exhausting, you know? And as exhausting as studio day is, it's important to have because it's like the first time we all get to see each other dance. At least in these specific, you know, pieces. And we're like, okay, you know, I I don't see you every Friday, Saturday, and, you know, I don't see you every Friday, Saturday, Monday. At least I can see you perform. Like, I can't wait to see what it's about. I can't wait to see this. And it's a great time because then we're just sitting there and, again, I'm hit with the, oh, I never want to be jaded by this because it's so beautiful to see my friends perform and it's so beautiful to see dance this much and it's so beautiful to be in a room where all of us share that same feeling we're all crying and we're all enjoying what we're watching in front of us right now like seeing my friends up there and I'm crying with them I'm crying with them and I'm looking over at my friends and we're all you know teary-eyed <laughs> and I'm just <laughs> maybe it's because I'm ovulating this week but like but like shit, you know, I can't help but feel so overwhelmed with a good, happy emotion and a good time that I'm so grateful to be in this space and in this position where, where this is what we get to do. Because I used to pray for times like this and I'm so glad I made it out of my house and I'm so glad that, that I'm here with you guys and I'm doing this right now. Because on stage, this is going to look so amazing. And this is like our private, it's like a private music release party. Harry Styles talked about how, but right before he released his, like, his first album, he took a walk and he listened to all of his music right before he let it out at midnight. Like, right before it was released to the world. Everything that was his own is showcased for everybody, to the public. 
He just wanted to have that one moment where it's special to him, his creation. And that's what it feels like to us. Before we set this out in the theater and all of this, we all have to see it and we're all, you know, we're getting critiques, we're learning. Oh, because this studio showing is for really for like the tech crew to be like, this is where lights go. This is where this and this is going to go. Like, okay, right here where they're standing like this, cue a different background, cue this light. It's for that. But for us, it, we get to just sit back and be able to watch it, you know? Like, in the midst of, you know, dance is a, a labor of love, for sure. In the midst of all of that, being able to watch it back and have that love for it, and for not forgetting, but having that love for it where we can just admire it. That's so beautiful. And that is my favorite, favorite day of the year, of the semester. And it's a good reminder of like, this is why I'm here. This is why I do what I do. And this emotion and this power spills over into Friday. <laughs> into the same feeling, but just to the most like 10th magnitude. Because... Friday, this is also one of my favorite days of the semester. This was great. We all got to see a show at Lincoln Center. We saw the Paul Taylor show where they performed. Oh, shit. Let me look at my program, actually. Paul Taylor is a modern dance company where one of our professors used to, like, work for a really long time. And Lincoln Center is just gorgeous. What did they perform? I did, like, a little... I'm about to put in a voice memo because... Oh, it was Mercaic Tidings, Drum Circle, and then Esplanade, which is kind of like their normal repertory work that they just like, you know, always perform and it's fun and it's cool. And they like do a bunch of baseball slides at the end that gets like the crowd like, whoa, yeah, look at them sliding across the floor. And it's fun. And then like right after the show, I'm like, that was a beautiful evening. Like all day, all week, the feeling of like Phoebe Bridgers, like and being human and being girlhood and all of this is just spilling out and I just have, <laughs> I'm just a girl and I just have so much love to give and I'm just so grateful for all of this that it's moving me to tears, you know? Like, I can't help but cry every time I go to Lincoln Center. And I said it, but I don't know if it'll ever be true. I told Sarah Baghdaddy, hey girl, if you're listening to this, I was like, I can't help but cry. I can't wait for the time that I don't do this. And this is all normal to me. But until then, I'm going to be overwhelmed. And I'm going to be a tourist until <laughs> in New York City until the day I die. Because I don't, this place isn't real. This place is not real. I cry at Lincoln Center because it's so gorgeous. It's such a beautiful place. And... When I was like 13, 14 and only in ballet and like dreaming of like, oh, this is where like the big kids are. This is where the pros are. Like this is people who get to see ballets here. <laughs> the first time I ever saw Lincoln Center and like visiting New York, I was with my mom and we're by the fountain. And I remember like taking all these dance photos just for my own memory, <laughs> just like just for funsies, like just to play pretend, like taking pictures here as if we're going to go into the theater and see a piece. And I remember telling her, I'm like, can you imagine the people that actually get to see these shows and get to like, can you imagine how much these tickets cost? Like this place looks crazy. And freshman, sophomore year, we went for the first time and... That was my first time at Lincoln Center since I was like 13. 
And I remember telling myself at 13, oh, I didn't think I'd cry again. <laughs> this is also why I deleted the last episode because I just cried so much. But I told myself at 13, I'm like, this place is so pretty. Whatever I do, I have to come back. And I did. <laughs> and I came back and I'm... And every time I'm just so overwhelmed by it. I'm like, this is so pretty. This is everywhere that I wanted to be. Like, I had pictures of this in my room printed out. I I was only 14, okay? I had, like, George Balanchine on my wall, but I know better now, okay? We don't like George Balanchine. But I had, like, George Balanchine on the wall. I had, like, pictures of Lincoln Center in my corner. Like, all of these photos just romanticizing and manifesting this life. And I see it in person and I'm like, I didn't think that I would ever see this in person. So to live it now feels very like surreal sometimes. All of that passion and all of that love from watching my friends dance in a in our little studio or in our, you know, our really big studios one and two to then going from, oh my gosh, from rehearsal to Lincoln Center and and spending that evening with my friends and like, I made the right choice. 18 year old Elena, we did it. We made the right choice. I did not want to have, like, I didn't care to have game days and like tailgate Sundays, Saturdays, whatever the fuck. I'm like, I know I'm gonna wanna see shows and shit. I know I'm gonna wanna do this instead. And I am, and I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so happy I am. I'm really happy. And we're coming back from that show and I had a little interview moment. We're all feeling the same thing. And I told my friends because I told them how like, oh, this is, you know, these are the feelings I get every time I see this place. Like, what about you guys? And it was kind of the same consensus. It's just after you see a show, it, it's nice to be left with a very inspired feeling. Like it moves you. It's beautiful. Like a live performance. It should leave you speechless. You know, and to do this this art and speak with, with the not choreographers, but to speak with the dancers afterwards, was very. It's just very relieving. It leaves you full, and and I think that's how you should live your life. <laughs> not to be corn af. I think this is how you should live your life. Finding things that leave you so full like that that it, it feels like you're looking into the sun with tears in your eyes. <laughs> And it makes you happy to be alive. It gives you a reason. It gives you your why. It, it's all of that. That's what dance is to me. And I cried in the first time that I recorded this because I talked about how much dance is my first love. If I, Lord forbid, if I die tomorrow and I don't know a love other than like my family, I would say that dance would be that love. You know, it is something that has always been there for me and I feel rewarded me in tenfold. This is the same, this is like a marriage love. You are giving something to someone and they are giving it back to you. And you live this continuous loving life of just, of working together harmoniously. And I'm so glad that I was able to find that relationship within dance because I know a lot of times that's really toxic to some people. Dance, a dance relationship is really toxic to some people. But I'm really grateful that I was able to find the balance and I was able to find the the factor that we God, how, what what am I what word am I even looking for where you are giving 
it's a good give and receive relationship that I finally found, you know, after a while, because for a minute there, before not getting too heavy, not getting too dark, for a minute it was starting to get really dark, but, but it didn't. <laughs> My way of like asking the universe, is this love? Is this a reason? Is this a sign to keep going? My senior year as I'm, you know, in the middle of the pandemic, I'm going about like, do I do this in college and then after question mark? I will apply to everywhere I can. I'm going to do whatever I can. I'm going to apply. I'm going to perform. I'm going to audition everywhere. And if I can get a yes from New York and from somewhere outside of Texas, then I'm going to do it. Because I'm going to take that, like, Lord praying again for this life. Like, Lord, give me a sign that I can make it here. And I auditioned and I made it. And that's when it felt like, okay, finally, after all of these years, like dance rewarded me enough that it is visible and it's good enough. And I'm a good enough dancer that I can make it. And, and this is love. This what this must be what love is like that I put all this work in, and I'm worth it. And, and dance is worth it. And this is what has made me feel confident and so stable and sure in myself sometimes. And I think that's, and I think that must be what love is like. So anyways, feeling, and that's the kind of feeling that I'm left with after fucking, after watching Paul Taylor on stage, you know? So kind of transforming into this, into this feeling and conversation that that brings up with my friends as I'm, I have to go into my interview mode and I have to, I also have to write a paper on some of these. So I'm like, in intermission, I'm voice memoing, remembering quick things that I remembered. I am like, okay, keynotes, costumes, lights, orchestra, like aspects of the dance that I have to write a paper about. And then somebody caught me with my voice memo out and they were like, are you doing an episode right now? And I'm like, oh my God, I know I'm, no, but I can sign autographs. It's okay. Thank you. Please don't sell this. No, but in Penn Station, I'm asking my friends, like, okay, guys, what did you guys like about the show? What did you guys think, you know? Keeping this this energy and this love for dance and passion and life up, what did you guys think? And these are those thoughts. Oh, and trigger warning, this is taken on the LIRR, the Long Island Railroad, back to campus, so, so it's going to be a little loud. I don't know what this is going to sound. I this could sound really bad and I could take it out. Or this could be like just as wholesome and cute as when it was recorded. Uh, okay, so this is post uh, Paul Taylor thoughts. And I'm sitting on the train right now heading back to the state. Hold on. Okay, sorry for that interruption. We're on the lure, if you can't tell. Uh, but I'm sitting here on the lure with some of these great people. One of them being Sheridan Bensinger. <laughs> oh, Erin. Oh, Morrissey. Abby Garcia. Sarah, Baghdadi. And now we're going to go through a quick little song of the week. You're going to go far by Noah Khan. Oh my god, I put that one on last week! Oh, that really That's good. so good! That one's really good. Um, now That We Don't Talk from 1989 Taylor's version from the vault track. Slut by Taylor Swift. <laughs> so I'm tempted to go with the vault. I would go with is it over? Is it, what is it called? Is it over now? From from the vaults, but also Renee Rapp. I would go with Gemini Moon from her album. 
Ooh, haven't heard either. Oh, I love those. So now that we're in the setting, the tracks are moving. We're heading back to campus. This has been a whirlwind of a week. I don't know if I've already added in how much dance has impacted my 20s this week. Dance has impacted my life. I may have cried. I talked about being at my grandma's house, painting, drawing, yeah, all of that. But post Taylor thought, we just finished up speaking about the Barbie piece, drum circle. And now after watching the whole show and talking with people in this profession, people doing it, I wanted to ask a question and I was going to ask Christina Marka. What were you going to ask? I was going to ask and be like, you guys obviously do this all the time. You do this every day. What is one aspect of either the rehearsal process or the performance process that you just never get jaded by? I would love to know that answer. Now we'll never question. know. Now we'll never know. I guess we'll never know. But now we know about their musicality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now we know about their, like, cross-training and, and, and shit. So, yeah. I wanted to ask him and say, like, how do you not burn out? But you taught, like, she did a really great job of saying how this is a really labor of love kind of passion and profession. So I was going to ask and be like, what, what about the rehearsal process or the performance aspect could you like never get jaded by is it the sight of lincoln center is it this is it the fact that you're even here is it and then turning into like my my research for the summer what is y'all's background like is it because you're the only one in your family doing this what generation of child are you like what did your parents do before this and how does it feel do you have any like imposter syndrome basically words towards that those are good. <laughs> Wait, that's a question for us? Oh, no, no, no. That's, no, that's a question for Christina. Yeah, that's what I wish I could have asked, but I was a little panocha and I didn't. <laughs> that was a loaded question. No, 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 no. That's okay. Y'all's question, though, is just a small, tiny little wrap-up thoughts of the show. There are a lot of really, really talented dancers, and I will never be that, but that's okay. <laughs> but, like, also... I am not a modern girly, and that's so okay, but I really appreciate what they can do and trying to take what they, like, how they can jump and make literally no sound and their use of a plie, and I'm trying to just take that for myself and maybe one day kind of look like that doing a modern piece. I think my thought is that I just love dance, and I love watching people dance, and I love watching people enjoy that they're dancing, and I feel like every time I go see Paul Taylor, I see that on the stage, and I feel like it's also because, like, you like you see so many people so many times you feel like you know them from the stage you feel like you know them as a performer and like to see them having fun you're like oh yes i know them like that's my friend but they don't know they're my friend you know like when you have like a friend crush i feel like i get like that sometimes when i watch people from like i have a dance crush on you i have a friend dance crush on you and i was like and i I feel like i get that every time i see paul taylor dancers perform so i'm like oh you're just so good i don't know if i can do that forever but you're just you're so good for that go abby um, I enjoyed the show. The pieces were very clean tonight, which was good for them. Um, and yeah, I love the Taylor Company. That's all. Abby is nice Abby has nice My thoughts are that I love dance, and I'm trying to be present in every moment in my last couple weeks here 
because I am graduating in December and I'm just so grateful to be in rehearsals and performing and choreographing and going to shows and being with my friends and yeah. The end. Can I ask an even deeper human sappy question because this is kind of what I answered for myself. What is the farthest place either physically or like the best place like the farthest that dance has ever taken you do you know what i mean like physically either physically or, or mentally um oh i can answer this but physically the farthest dance has taken me is north carolina um <laughs> i traveled there for over dance the yeah over the summer and it was so fun and it was so great and met so many people um mentally the furthest i've gone with dance i think is um I, like, forget when it was, but I, like, reached a point where I was, like, watching myself dance, and I was, like, like, forgot who I was watching, I was, like, oh, wow, she's really good, and then I noticed it was myself, and I kind of had one of those, like, oh, I am really good, I should stop being mean to myself kind of moments, and then I kind of just from there was, like, I'm a good dancer, and I know that I am, and I'm gonna have bad days, and that's okay, and I think, like, that was, like, the farthest mentally I had got with dancing when I was like yeah like this is okay it's okay to not be at 100% my greatest of all time so that was very comforting for me yeah Yeah. going off of that I think the biggest thing the biggest and like most important thing that I've learned has been to forgive yourself immediately if you make a mistake if you're not feeling your best if you're just tired to just forgive yourself in the moment because that's what you have to do and you have to keep pushing but oh tickets <laughs> intermission okay um but i think the farthest dance has taken me mentally has been recently in rehearsals and in like just this semester and all the opportunities that i'm very grateful to have and i feel like i've grown a lot um the past just like two like like maybe like two years has been like very transformative for me especially since I like changed my major and I was a minor I was a dance minor before you got here really yes I was a dance minor and a biology major and I switched them halfway through college that's why I'm staying a semester late because I couldn't finish but yeah so yeah yeah. That's crazy. I know. Sherry, do you have any? Okay, like, obviously, like, dance mentally is the number line that can go into the negatives, and, like, we've all been in the negatives, and I feel like this semester as a sophomore, it's been a lot in the negatives, but, like, the fact that I'm still doing it, and the fact that I'm still finding joy and, like, genuine happiness doing it, even though sometimes I'm like, wow this kills me but I come back to it is like really an attest to my love for dance and also the fact that like sometimes I get really nervous that I can't love things fully (laughs) like outside of my family like I've always been someone that like gets very quickly addicted to things and then gets sick of it and then throws it away and then I'm like I don't touch it for another two months and like dance is just something that I like has found this really deep commitment to that I don't mind committing which kind of just offers this peace of mind that like I can do things and stick to them and still find joy and happiness in them even after a long period of time you can do hard things we can all do hard things sometimes sometimes just kidding 
maybe just cry about it first yeah, and then come back exactly. to it. I'm doing hard things right now, but I'm trying to be really brave about it. Uh, You're so brave. <laughs> You're so brave. I'm so brave. Brave. I'm trying to be, be so brave right now. You are being so brave. Okay, this is alright. And also play. Abby, do you have any thoughts? No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Wiser words were never spoken. Please look at this video. <laughs> oh. Hey, my Thank you too much. My hands. That's it. Okay. <laughs> farthest host speaking <laughs> the farthest um, no one cares no one <laughs> I care very much I'm sorry the farthest I think I have gone and the reason why I bring this up is because this is a part in my life that I I used to pray for uh, I'm Catholic <laughs> I was raised Catholic um, I was raised Catholic and <laughs> and I would pray that dance would take me this far into like finally be this far and that's why we cry at lincoln center yeah and that's why i cry when i'm lincoln center yeah thank you i didn't i never would have ever thought that dance could like take me far like uh we're gonna get a little deep in here (laughs) and to my parents being like like i don't give a damn if she wants to dance or do whatever the hell like where the hell you think you're gonna dance and i'm like i don't know i genuinely don't know but and I hope more previous of this episode, I talked about how. <laughs> I talked about if I, if I, like, you know, knock on wood, never want to. If I die tomorrow and I know, like, and I don't know a love other than my family, like, one continuous love that I think I will have always hold on to is dance because this is the way I would imagine like a marriage or like a love to be reciprocated something that I give I have given so much for my whole life and that I will know will be there my whole life and and in the end it just rewarded me in tenfold but yeah this is as far as dance has ever taken me being on a train and living this life in my 20s Yeah. That was a really, really beautiful way of explaining that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Which is why if I were to open this in 10 years, I want to remember the times that I was in my 20s and and this passion led me so far out. And we went to the city. And we went to the city. Thank you. Thank you. She's a loco. She just had a wrap. And we got hot chocolate. And we got hot, hot chocolate and goodies. <laughs> and goodies. We had some goodies at Lincoln Center. And that was an amazing, amazing time. Wait, on the I have to add this. Yes. I think a beautiful piece that I would want to open this in 10 years and remember is seeing like a couple of teenage girls like going and taking pictures on the grass right next to me yeah, and Sarah. And we were like, oh, we're so old. Look at them. They're so young and dumb and young, crazy teens. You got a cigarette and a goddamn lighter? <laughs> It's literally what it felt like. I, we were just sitting there. They're elders in their 20s, 22s, these 16-year-olds. Because I was just passing. I'm like, God, if I could be that age again. Like, I don't want to. But seeing the kids here this age is what blows my mind. Blows my fucking mind. But yeah, uh, we had a little Greta Gerwig moment. I think Greta Gerwig would have a field day. Her ghost was there. Yes. Greta Gerwig is somewhere in the distance. I could hear her giggling, capping, 
directing us to be giggly and looking back yeah. at the at the teenagers. You know um, that you know that um, you know that like it's like Greta Gerwig directing the part in Lady Bird when yes. when they're they're in the field <laughs> and then and roll on for her fall again fall again yeah that's yeah that was us <laughs> and they'll look at them and, and, and take one more hit <laughs> and she's just dying laughing and so passionate so cute there is something so cathartic about Greta Gerwig and this night all together <laughs> Barbie Barbie yes and there and there was Barbie tonight there was Barbie and we had hot chocolate and and I love to be here and 30 year old Elena I hope you're listening to this and I hope you're enjoying all the times that you made sure to savor for yourself if you're still here doing the same thing yeah I hope you're still here doing the same thing 40 year old Elena 40 year old Elena is here talking to 50 year old Elena and just it just keeps going Sherry you get the vibe I get get it she gets it now that's the bit that's why it's a time capsule because you keep reopening it every 10 years I get it I get it it's the most simplest of cons it's like lay of man metaphor I'm not 20 yet so oh yes we had our first baby on the episode she's a little baby crazy teen she's a little teenage dirtbag that we had on here she's young dumb broke but aren't we all Post Elena, I hope you're having fun editing all of this in the background. Uh, Post Elena speaking, I actually kind of did minimal effort to try and get like a lot of the train ride sounds out. Uh, because I wanted all of this to be like really authentic. Duh. Um, I also, I, I tried and I didn't know how to do that. It was either I put it in studio sound and you don't hear us like giggling and like being girls. Or you just have to suck it up and, like, just hear the train <laughs> screeching on the tracks. And those are what the train rides are like back to campus. Full of gratuity. Full of... No, I'm just <laughs> For anybody not from New York, that's that was just a little tidbit of what it's like to be on the lure at the Long Island Railroad, you know. We came back from Lincoln Center. Oh, you know, good morning, New Yorkers. It's a high of whatever the fuck that sound is on TikTok. That's what it's like, you know, coming back to Penn Station and and the Monaghan Trail has arrived. Gate 17. And everybody fucking darts downstairs to get in this tube to, (laughs) to go back to like, you know, Nassau Station. These are, those were the closing thoughts that we had. Uh, after watching the show and I was so glad that everybody could pick up on the same vibe of like guys I have to ask you do you feel the same way too do you resonate with the feeling of you know watching the show and just being grateful for where you're at and and just dance you know (laughs) dance and art and all of that comprised of who I am (sighs) but yeah that was oh my god wait I was just about to rap even though I kind of already rapped in the episode and been like, yeah, you know, open this in 10 years when you're feeling blah, 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 blah. No, not yet. Because we haven't done Song of the Week! We haven't done Song of the Week. Well, we kind of did Song of the Week. They did theirs. They showed all their songs, but I have three more. And then I will, and then I'm going to put this in the ground for the time capsule and bury it with dirt, okay? Number one is The Grudge by Olivia Rodrigo, Moody Blue by Elvis, and a quick little shout out to my little sister. But I've been listening to Lana Del Rey, 
specifically Norman fucking Rockwall, because, because my sister's music influence is heavily influenced by me, unfortunately, because whenever she would ride with me in the back of my car, I'd be like, okay, we're listening to my playlist. And it's all Lana Del Rey. And so much so that she loves Lana Del Rey. She loves her to death. And I'm so happy about that. She dressed up as Lana Del Rey for Halloween. She had a neon shirt and she was Norman fucking Rockwall. And she was doing the reach and all of that. And she had the flag and she had a sign on her that says, I'm Lana Del Rey. (laughs) In case you didn't know. And that was her. And that's my sister. She's very much so in her 11, 12 year old like canon event listening to all this music and and grasping how how these women are creating songs that like, oh, this makes me feel something. And now I feel everything. And I'm just sitting back watching it. Like, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens here. Those are my songs of the week. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to little tidbits of me and how I love, how I love to be an artist, how I love to dance, and how I love my friends, and I love New York, because this is a big part of my life. And I know in the small clip I was referring to the episode I deleted and threw in the trash and said, toss it. I had a small little uh, segment And I talked about how I've always loved to do art. I've always loved to paint. I love to paint. When I was little, I used to paint a whole bunch. Like my room, I would call my studio. Because in the corner of it, I had these curtains that like blocked off a section of my room where it was just my canvas and my easel, you know, and all my paints. And I I would wake up in my morning. I would wake up first thing in the morning, throw a smock on and just get to painting. This is obviously during like the summer. And I would spend hours in my room alone just painting away and my brother tried to do it one time where he was like I want to paint a picture and I was like do it it's so much fun in here like welcome to my sanctuary and inside to my mind palace you know and I think he was like grounded and my mom was like spend time with your sister and I thought he was willingly like just wanting to do this but no he had to do it (laughs) this was his punishment to hang out with me and paint with Elena And he's doing it. And he's like, God damn, that was the most boring fucking day of my life. All she did was listen to like Swan Lake and paint blue all day. And somehow I turned out like this. Is anybody surprised? No. But originally I did a lot of that at my grandma's house. And I also had a little phone call with my grandma. And I was like, hey, like, oh, just having just having an ooh-ooh moment and think about all the things that I love. And I love dance and I love paint. I love one direction and me, 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 you know. And she's like, yeah, you know, you got you used to have all your little painting stuff here. So tying that into like my homage of being an artist, my first memories of art and like being a creator and being doing what I do was all of that at my grandma's house. I had my room, but her house like was my studio. I painted everywhere. I painted, not like I couldn't paint on the walls, obviously, but I would paint on, on papers and stick them to the door. And then she would show my mom be like, guess what she did? And my mom's like, oh my God, she made a fucking mess. I'm so sorry. And she's like, no, like she made the walls so pretty. Like she knew she couldn't paint on the door. So she painted on pictures and then put them to the door. And my mom's like, oh, cute. Let's go. But those are my first memories of being an artist and being a creator and doing what I do because I'm just an artsy fartsy distraction to others. That's just who I am. And when I open this in 10 years, I'm going to want to remember 
all of these special moments with all my other artsy fartsy friends on the train and I'm gonna remember Lincoln Center always bringing tears to my eyes because it's gorgeous and I'm gonna remember all the dances that my friends and I did and it bringing tears to my eyes because it's such a beautiful time and it's such a beautiful thing to move your body. So 30-year-old Elena, 40-year-old, 50-year-old, 60-year-old, open this whenever you want to remember what it's like to feel human. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening this week. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Oh my gosh, by the way, this should now be available on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, so tell your friends. All right, love you, bye. Mwah.